1: This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by...
2: Jeremy J.N. Phoenix. I'm in the building once again another week. We are the Raspy Voice
1: Kids. This is Pop Culture, a.k.a. Pop Culture. Pop, 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 pop. And today, we're talking to you about Britney Spears. Framing Britney Spears, the documentary is out People have seen it. People have thoughts and opinions. They're talking about Britney. The Free Britney Spears movement started before framing Britney, but it has only gained steam and momentum since. Jeremy, what do you know about Free and Britney? Anything? Nothing, man. I know Britney
2: is, was fine back in her day. I know she did the Hit Me Baby one more time. And uh, what other song she had way Oops, back?
1: I did it again.
2: I play with your heart. <laughs> That's yeah. right. She had the jams. Oh, forget and, that one. And, uh, sleep. Yeah. The Neptune you. Beat. I don't, I don't, you I don't, don't know. We don't. Really don't know the words. Yeah. But that beat was sick. Neptune. Um, son. Yeah, I know. Get it. Uh, uh Pharrell. i see you. Um, so I don't know anything about it. Actually. The funny thing is you're talking about people saying free Britney, Old head dude over here. I, I've been telling you week after week on this show, fellas, people, crowd, uh, listeners. Sometimes I get out the loop. Sometimes I'm just an old head dude. So you're talking about Free Britney. Where's she at? I have no clue, Brandon. She in jail? She in the crazy house?
1: See, that's what you would I, think. Legitimately, I don't I don't know what's going on. What's that's going what you would on? think. That's what it sounds like. Britney Spears has been under a conservatorship. For, since 2012, meaning someone else makes decisions about her life, her money, and her movements. Um, in this case, it's her dad, Jamie Spears. Jamie makes decisions about what she does pretty much all the time. Now she can move freely, like you know, she can go to the stores, she can, you know, do that kind of stuff. But she can't buy or sell property. Um, and, you know, this is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire who's an adult with children who can't make decisions about her life, and there are people who feel like it's not fair.
2: I mean, look, without knowing any of the details in particular, do you know people I know
1: who probably shouldn't be making decisions about life? Amen. <laughs> I've been on this for a long time. Before I even knew what a conservatorship was. I thought no. somebody I knew just needed to have somebody else making their decisions. And I've been you, saying that. I've been screaming You said somebody it. you know. Uh, half
2: the people you know. Should what be in the making world? their own decisions. So this, this woman who's went out and made millions of dollars um, on her own – how, how, unless she's, you know, unless she's been clarified as crazy
1: or, or, or just something like that, how in the world can you not decide what you're going to do with what you have? See, that's the problem. She has been institutionalized multiple times, sometimes by choice, sometimes not by her choice. And that's what the whole, the, the framing Britney Spears is about. One of the things said by one of the lawyers is he was going to represent Britney. Britney's team wanted her, him to represent her. When he got there, the judge made the choice that he could not represent her because he had not seen the medical documentation about her diagnosis. And the judge wouldn't let him see the diagnosis. So Britney's been diagnosed with something that has led judges to decide that she needs somebody making these decisions. Now, part of what I want to talk about is what led to all of this. Britney Spears was a megastar. She became a star when she was a kid. She was on the Mickey Mouse Club. And yeah. if you go through the interviews, it's super creepy and weird. Some of the questions that they ask her, like Ed McMahon, when she was on a, a Star Search, asked her, ask her when she's just a kid, "Do you have a boyfriend?" And she was like, "No," and she's like, "Because they're mean." And it's just weird how everything, like how everything's framed, as they call the show "Framing Britney Spears." Everything's framed around sexuality or her relationship to a man, it's just weird. she You go through the interviews, even with Diane Sawyer, they're, they're really weird interviews. And then you watch the paparazzi chase her, even with her children, babies in her arm, and it's just disgusting. Like, it makes you realize people aren't built for fame. Very few people no, to amen. succeed with that kind yeah. of scrutiny, that kind of pressure, that kind of attention all the time. They might like it at first, but it becomes, it becomes very clear that they do not they can't handle it. Yeah, and they I can't, think yeah. broke down. She might have had some underlying issues, something that was not brought out or would not have been brought out had it not been for the fame. But when you watch this, it's really crazy to see a person get broken because they broke her. No, yeah. and,
2: and, and that absolutely makes sense. When you're put under so much pressure, not knowing who to trust, everybody trying to take advantage of you. When you make that kind of money and you're good looking like that and you're young – And and you would like to think, you know, if you had good people surrounding you, but, you know, man, money changes people, money influences people, that level of fame. And it's not the money, I I don't think necessarily. I I think it's the fame and the attention. And I mean, for people who don't know young dudes, you know, them young bucks out here who are 18 to 24, who don't realize Britney was a phenomenon, like people who didn't even like her music knew who she was. If you were in the United States of America at that time, you knew Britney Spears, whether you liked her music or not. And she was, like I said, she was bigger than life. She was attractive. She was young. Uh, Those are all the adjectives I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) use. Yeah. Yeah, she, she commanded a lot of attention and everybody knew who she was.
1: Yeah, so now what you have is because of all this stuff, people feel like they know her and because of instagram um britney Spears has her own instagram people feel like they've got to know her even better and these two people um i don't even remember their names they had a podcast about britney's instagram and looking for clues about her life and one day they came up with one where they realized that she needed help or they thought that she needed help and that's where the free britney movement started jeremy these people are out of their minds. You should see these people who act like they know Britney. Brittany, we're here to help. Brittany, we're here. Um, we're not going anywhere. We're watching. And I'm thinking, who cares what you're watching? You don't know anything. These people are so stupid, in my opinion. They're jumping on a bandwagon or something based on emotion that makes them believe that they have the answers to problems they don't even know Brandon, exactly what the problems all you are. Doing,
2: well, all you're doing is explaining everybody else in this world. It may not be Britney Spears, but like Jim Gaffigan said, you have your own Britney Spears in your life. <laughs> yeah. They not be Britney Spears. They take the form of something else. But how many people jump on the bandwagon of stuff they
1: know really nothing about? But go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I agree with what you're saying to an extent. These people are out marching with signs, Jeremy. They're showing up to her to the courthouse when they're having hearings about her conservatorship. This is different. This is different. These people are out here doing the most. Not the least, not a little bit, the most, the most of the most. And I don't speak Japanese, okay? You should see these people, how ridiculous they are. And I I agree, there's stuff that maybe I pay attention to that I shouldn't, or maybe there's stuff that I don't know about that I've talked about. But it's a completely different thing to interject yourself in somebody's life and try to free them, quote-unquote, from something that they may actually need. It's like trying to get somebody out of a wheelchair just because you think they'd rather walk. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they, maybe they need the wheelchair you don't know as you don't know
2: so suffice to say you like you, liked the you, know so what? you like the documentary so are you on the free are you on the free britney or are you on the notch? she needs to be there
1: i didn't the documentary was it was good enough um But I am definitely on the – maybe the conservatorship needs adjusted because Jamie Spears evidently was not deeply involved in her life the way that a father typically would be or should be. Um, So maybe he doesn't have her best interest at heart totally. And there are Uh, people who are clearly making money off of this. Britney pays for both sides lawyers. I think there might need to be adjustments in the conservatorship. But I can't – I personally can't say whether the girl needs this or not. I have no idea. I have no idea. She does strange things. And – sorry – I'm just gonna say it. By the look in her eye, I can tell some ain't right. She's a little bit off. I don't know what that off is. I don't know what it means, but I can just look at her and tell some ain't right. But how many people are like that? How many people have been in that position? i yeah. But Jeremy, once you get the even spending,
2: the, hold on, hold on. But even spending money, like you look at Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson spent half a half a billion dollars, and you know what I mean. And money up in smoke, and nobody was like, you know what? Maybe uh, somebody needs to take care of my uh, finances.
1: Yeah. The, okay, I don't get it. The they, they, they,
2: they let, that's what I'm saying. They let people fail all the time. Like I, I just, it's just hard for me to look. MC
1: Hammer, half a half a billion dollars, and yeah, now but he's in me, debt. Nobody, if their family had st- now, that was another point. Now, that's a good point you raised, because you're mentioning men. There this is another place where they're saying. People are trying to say that if she was a man, this would never have happened. And my thought is, like you said, maybe there are men who needed it. Mike Tyson's a great example of somebody who clearly needed help. But Mike Tyson has gotten himself together in a way that, you know, a lot of people could not have imagined back then. But you, 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 you talk about that, but I'm talking about a
2: regular people, regular people
1: no, who are making I'm of $80,000 right off air. Okay,
2: I'm just saying... I'm just saying, I'm, I'm
1: thinking about people too. I'm thinking, I mean, I, I want to say a name right now. <laughs> I want to say a name so bad. Cause yeah, I know, you're we, thinking all know. The same name.
2: we all know. We all know. <laughs> we all, there we all know. There ain't no way, ain't no way this
1: person shouldn't be Brittany eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but, Whew. but the other thing that I want to say that came out of this documentary that I thought was interesting is Justin Timberlake, People were canceling Justin Timberlake. I saw Will Greer's wife, Jean Marie, saying that she unfollowed Justin on everything and she wasn't, you know, supporting Justin and all this other kind of stuff. And whoa, whoa, whoa! What did Justin do? Look, look! You ain't gonna just start
2: talking bad about the multi-talented, great I at knew everything that was he get does. You riled up. Talk about bringing on down to Lickville on Saturday Night Live or on Jimmy Fallon. talking about the history of rap. You ain't gonna just sit here and talk about JT,
1: JT and the gang. And not give me some facts, son. Well, Justin did weaponize Britney's, the, his relationship with Brittany when it all fell apart. And he made it public. He talked about it in a way that was not respectful. And I listened to some of the interviews because they're in, they're in Framing Brittany. And it is a little bit awkward. It is uncomfortable the way it's presented. And I think Justin apologized for that. My stance on it, though, is the man was 19 or 20 years old, just like Britney. And if we're going to coddle and Britney many, and say she was a kid, then you got to look at him and say the same thing and give him some grace. The other
2: thing give, is this. How many people monetize everything they can? This is money. You mean to tell me the East Coast, West Coast battle between Tupac and Biggie yeah, early on before I mean, it got violent? Like that's no, a good example. No, I'm saying before it got violent, they were monetizing this beef. Snoop getting up there on the East Coast saying, we know who we are he wasn't doing that i don't think he did that because he felt real venom i think he did that because like this is money
1: this now, is what makes I feel money like they felt venom i mean i feel like the shots they got shot at in new york too these Coast don't, don't have enough snoop dog no, i'm just think- saying there's so many
2: people who take advantage of situations to make money uh in this environment so justin timberlake thought hey look i'm huge she's huge we're two of the biggest pop stars i can make money by talking about this, I can make money by talking about Crimea a river.
1: Yeah, my thought, too, is the other thought I had about it was I thought it was big of Justin to apologize. I liked his apology. I was talking to my friend um, last night about this, and she didn't like his apology. I liked his apology. My, my other opinion on it is if you're going to hold Justin to that level, why don't we hold Taylor Swift to that for talking about her exes? Yeah. Now, she may not mention him by name. Like Justin did in interviews, which is the difference. Justin and Justin didn't even do it; the industry did it, but Justin went along with it. But don't get it twisted. Ariana Grande, thank yeah. you. Next, yeah. you know, but she didn't dog anybody in her song. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, so it's, that's it's, what it is, man. you have any other thoughts about framing uh, Britney no Spears? Real thoughts. If you get a chance to so check it out, it's worth watching. Framing Britney Spears, it to me, it puts fame and it puts the uh, media and paparazzi on trial and it's worth watching if you are a fan of pop culture so check to check, 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 check it out
0: do you have cold floors in your home it may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home Alfred home solutions can fix this problem call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate again Three zero four three one seven four one zero five. Don't wait, insulate.
2: I got five on it. Yeah, I'm so happy, man. I love to bring this every single week. We love to bring this. This is your boy, Jeremy Phoenix. I'm with my brother, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. That's right. We're ready to go. Five questions, five answers. Fill in the blank style. Let's go.
0: What up? It's your host for this segment, Jordan Ty Curry. The raspy voice kids are ready to fill in these blanks. So here we go. First blank. West Virginia's best lineup is when blank is at shooting guard for West Virginia. All right. So I'll go first. I think West Virginia's
2: best uh, lineup is when McNeil is at shooting guard. I know that seems like a simple answer, but seriously, when McNeil is at shooting guard, that means that McBride is going to be at point. When you have that, you have an explosive uh, uh, backcourt. I like that better. I mean, I like McCabe. I really do. And I like you know, Deuce at, at, at the shooting guard spot. But I feel like you have so much more firepower when you have those two shooters on the floor. You have better defense. For me personally, Brandon, I don't know. Maybe it's obvious. Maybe you go with Taz. Maybe you show, go with McBride. I don't know. I go with when McNeil
1: is at shooting guard. Hot boy, shy robot, I hear you. But I personally prefer when Taz is at the shooting guard. Same concept with Deuce being the one, but I think Taz is better equipped to score inside and outside. So I like Taz the lineup when Taz is playing the two.
0: Number two, getting Baylor rescheduled to the 25th is blank for West Virginia. I think it's good for West
1: Virginia. I think it's good. We need to play. Layoffs are not good. So this week that we've been without playing, we're not going to get to play till Saturday. Not my favorite as a fan, but I'm sure it's not the favorite for the players either. Um, I think it's good that we got this rescheduled. Mine is getting
2: rescheduled to the 25th is two words, an opportunity is an opportunity. We're not moving off the line that we are right now outside the Big 12 tournament. We win this game and I think it puts us solidly in the 3 hole. It puts us at uh the 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 number 3 seed for the NCAA tournament. And that's what we're striving to get to, man. We don't want to be on the side of the bracket with the 1. I'd rather be on the side of the bracket with the number 2 cuz obviously 1 and 4 are on the same side of the sweet 16 I mean of the NCAA bracket and 2 and, and 3 are on the other side. I'd rather play the second-best team than the first-best team. This is what happened back when we had our one of our best teams with Javon Carter as a senior, and we came down and we played number one seed, Villanova. And what happened is we lost in a battle. We played well. They played well. We lost in the last seconds. We gave them their biggest challenge. But the difference was we were a four-seed and not a three-seed. 3C would have put us on the other side of the bracket, would have at least delayed it a couple games to get ready. So I feel like this is a big opportunity for us to
0: just move up a spot. Number three. In order for WVU baseball to have a successful year, they must blank. I think they
1: need to host a regional again. We did that once in 2019. If we can do that again, we'll at least stay on par with where we've been. Because it's... Program is trending upwards. So to host the host a regional again to me would be a great job by Randy Macy and his squad. I like that man.
2: For me, I personally feel like in baseball it's kind of like um it's building a brand. It's a build, it's building a brand that they recognize. It's almost like the final four in college football. Where you have to build a brand, which they recognize before they will allow you in. So we made the tournament in 2017 for the first time in 21 years. Then we hosted in 2019. We have to continue to keep appearing in things so they know who we are year in year out. For me to fill in the blank, it will be successful if they, I say, make the tournament. If we can make the tournament, just we have to be consistent. Yeah, we just got to make it. It has to be consistent. Every year is not going to be your high. Every year is not going to be a year low. Um, but if we consistently show up in the tournament, then in years where we could be in or out, they respect Coach Bayesley, they respect the West Virginia program, and once again, they will put us into the tournament because we've had years where we've been good enough and our resume should have put us in, and they didn't. So for me... Successful year. I know we're starting out highly ranked. I think it's something like 14. I know we got arms and bats. I mean, we've had a few injuries. But we have to continually show that we're consistent at being a really really uh a top lay, a top tier program. And, by, and one of the ways of doing that is making it to the tournament once again this year. Make the tournament. That's what you need to do,
0: WVU. Number 4. I am scared of blank in college basketball.
1: Cancellation. I'm scared of cancellation. Last year we saw what it did to us when we had our whole season upended because we couldn't go to the tournament, thinking we could have made a little bit of a run, and it was gone. And it doesn't just hurt like you would think just, you know, from the actually playing the games, actually watching the games, Financially, it would be terrible if the Big Twelve tournament was canceled. It would be catastrophic if the NCAA tournament was canceled again. Cancellations, to me, is what I—that's what I'm scared of. In the words of Conor McGregor, "Absolutely
2: no one." <laughs> I'm scared of absolutely no one in college basketball. Oh baby, bring them all to me, all of them. Baylor, okay. I'm so happy we're playing Baylor next week. We'll we'll talk about that later. Gonzaga, another round. We'll see which how much you can run. when We have our young athletic um, um, lineup on the court. That's not full of big men all over the place. Let's see how many transition buckets you get. Then I'm scared of nobody. Luca Garza ain't scared of you. All y'all ain't scared of you. Bring yourself, Illinois, all these Big Ten overrated teams that are so three in the top five from the Big Ten. Please, I respect Michigan. Ohio State, get out of here. Illinois, get out of here. Ain't scared of them. Absolutely no one. I ain't scared of no one.
1: Ohio State has eight Quadrant One wins. Yes. They played.
2: Ain't nobody scared of no Ohio I'm State. I'm not saying
1: I'm afraid of them, but you're saying you said you respect Michigan, but you don't respect Ohio State.
2: I um, don't. I think if they're a one seed, they're going to be bounced in the first two rounds. I put it on wax. That's right, Jalen Jacoby. They said when you feel rounds, something, they say they say when you feel something, you put it on wax. I'm putting it on wax. I ain't scared.
0: And finally, number five, Woo! when blank gets on the court, I'm always a little nervous. Jordan McCabe. I'll go first.
1: All right. You want to go first? Go ahead. Yeah. No, Jordan McCabe for me. Um, He sometimes, when he plays with confidence, he's a lot better. When he doesn't have confidence, he turns the ball over. He doesn't make shots. He doesn't make us better. Jordan McCabe's my answer.
2: Hey, man. We'll follow suit, man. Jordan, Jordan McCabe's my answer, too. There's times when sometimes I look at him, especially early on in last year, that I was like, how effective can he be in this conference? And then the last few games, man, the dude's balled out. He showed his grit and his determination. Dude, I love his leadership amongst the players, um, his upbeatness. Um, But it's just, I don't know. I'm a little nervous because – I think athletically, sometimes he's a little uh, overmatched. So I'm the most nervous when he gets on the court. But sometimes it turns out to be something um, extremely great. So, But my answer for, for this question is when McCabe gets on the court, I'm always a little nervous. Well, that's it. That's all we got. I got five on it. We got the questions. We got the answers. Boom. There it is. Tell us how you answered the same questions. Rat
1: Big shout to Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. All right, it's the Raspberry Boys Kids again, back for another segment. Brandon Phoenix here. I also hate pit is what you can call me. Joined by
2: Jeremy JN Phoenix, and we're talking everything Mountaineers. Mountaineer, football Mountaineer, basketball Mountaineer, baseball, whatever you feel, however you feel. Brandon,
1: get it popping. Jay, we've been off all this week. We play Texas Saturday. You got any feelings about that game? Yeah,
2: I, I said on we got five on it. I think every game from here on out is pretty big. I was hearing rumors that we were may, maybe thinking about possibly adding a team on Thursday, whether it was North Carolina. I heard, you know, I've seen people trying to get that movement started on Twitter. I also saw um, somebody report from the Notre Dame group family that Notre Dame was looking for a team and they had talked to West Virginia the truth is, I feel like we're too y- too late in the year to be adding out of conference uh, games like that. Like we- we've had enough preparation. We know where we are. We know where we're standing. There's no need to play a North- Notre Dame or North Carolina right now, but to play a game, period. Obviously, because of the Big 12 standings. Obviously, for the redemption aspect of it. Obviously, because you got to finish your schedule. Texas ranked team comes in Saturday. They beat us the first time. Um, we let one get away. We get another shot at them. Let's get refocused. And um, it, for me, I'm gonna be honest. Like at the end of the year, it's a little tough to get refocused because I mean it's the end of the year. Like honestly,
1: I'm be real, Brandon. Don't you feel like you're just you're just ready to get to the tournament right now? Right? I am. I'm ready for the. I want to win the Big Twelve tournament. That would be nice. So I want that too.
2: Yeah. So these games, it's like, all right, let's get them done. Let's get these wins. Hopefully, we get these wins. I'm just I'm just kind of I'm tired. Let's get to the tournament. I think we're prepared enough. I think we're ready enough. Let's go.
1: Now, I just saw where I'm going to say Shadon Brown. Um, yeah. he's getting paid coordinator money, Jay. How do you feel about that? If you can do it, do it.
2: You know, if if, if we got the funds to do it, um obviously Coach Neil Brown feels like he uh, deserves that. And so far, like I said, you look at the defense, the defense has uh, grown leaps and bounds and has done some spectacular, tremendous things. Last year, leading the country. So at this point, you can't question it. You just go with it. See,
1: you I really know, you, it was just going to be Leslie, but he's he got Leslie has a co-defensive coordinator. Now, Leslie is the defensive coordinator, but he does have a co-defensive coordinator, and that's Shadon Brown. So he's getting that coordinator money I, again, will reiterate, I don't like that setup. But but I feel like Sh- Sh-
2: Sh- Shadon Brown must be really good because if you're going to give Leveson the job, part of him coming in was saying, hey, look, you're going to be co-defensive coordinator. And for Neil Brown to do that, I feel like he must be dope. That's my opinion. He must be dope. Uh, <clears throat> he better be dope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if that's the answer. Yep. But we'll see. We're going to have to find out. Um, and I just can't wait for it to happen. I can't wait for the spring game. I can't wait to see Kerry Martin Jr. again back on the field. I can't wait to see what these young corners are going to do. Um, I'm very interested in to see to see this football team. Um, Absolutely. One of the things we w- you wanted to talk about that I think we should talk about now, unless you wanted to do, save it for show me what no. you got. I know what you're going to say, but no, we're going we're
2: to save that for a couple seconds. I do want to transition back to basketball. Um, obviously, we have the Oklahoma recap. It was tough. We lost at the end. We played tough. I don't think there's a whole lot to say. We played yeah, hard. Is,
1: yeah, there is. We got to make free throws. Everybody wanted to pin that on defense. Huggins wants to talk about defense, and I'm not saying we played great defense. But we didn't play terrible defense throughout that game. There was a kid, Weaver. Was it Weaver. I know you ain't asking me. I think I'm pretty sure his name was Weaver for Oklahoma who who had his way with us. He was just getting buckets. No matter who was guarding him, he was just getting buckets. They were there. He just beat them. That's not a lack of effort. That's just somebody beating you. If you make your free throws, we win that game because we only lost by one in double overtime. We missed 10 free throws. Making shots—that's the most important thing for this team. I say it over and over again. Nobody wants to listen, but that's the fact, in my opinion.
2: Well, you should say f- make it free throws because when you score over ninety points, I know it was double overtime, no, but you but we make miss free shots throws. when
1: it Deuce missed two to win the game. Yeah. The last second, Derek Culver, which I don't agree with that play at all. Derek Culver be one on one. Derek Culver is not a good free throw shooter. So what happens if he gets fouled? and we're down one. True. Um, no, so I don't true. like that. I don't like that play at all. Um, I think McNeil or McBride should have had the ball in that situation. McNeil was hot. McBride, your closer, so one of those two guys should have had the ball. Instead, you got McBride. Not even as a decoy, he's he's doing the entry pass. So, again, make shots. In my opinion, make shots.
2: Yeah, there's there's no question. We let one get away. Another, excuse me, another one get away. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Keenan Cummings from Rivals, man. He, he put the stat out there and I thought it was interesting that McBride is the first player from since Jerry West in 1960 to score 31 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. I thought that's major because before the year even started, I wanted to put up a question that I kept forgetting to and then I never got around to it. And I wanted to put out there to Mountaineer Nation, does a Mountaineer player reach 30 points Scoring 30 points on the year. I mean, in a game this year.
1: And I would have said no.
2: I would have said no, too. I thought our ceiling was 28, 20, you know, maybe 28 and lower, 25 for a player going off. Now we've had multiple players go for 30 points. So I thought that was a pretty big stat. Also, a big stat that a sophomore does something that Jerry West w- was the last person to do, you know, 1960. 31 7 and 7 at least this is big man McBride is just he's he's playing ball he's he's something special sometimes we don't appreciate in the moment sometimes we get frustrated in the moment um like you said he missed a couple shots there at the end against Oklahoma
1: yeah I'm not mad at him for missing those shots you miss shots yeah sometimes. yeah but I'm just saying if we make those shots then we're not talking about anything else that's all I meant
2: yeah can we also talk about baseball? Here we are. Baseball, we talking about, we had a fill in the blank on, I got five on it. But WV baseball starts this week. It starts Friday. Randy Mazey has his guys ready to go. We're in the top 25. One um, of the better starts that we've ever had. Um, our squad is loaded. I understand we have a few injuries. But Friday at 2 o'clock, we're going to Georgia. Boom, 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 boom. The ATL. To play Georgia State, four games to
1: kick kickoff kick, kick this season. What we're we gonna say Jackson Wolf should get the start. Preseason third team All American. Shout out to Jackson Wolf. So tell me, I don't know. Do you? I mean, like honestly,
2: West Virginia baseball. I I represent from. I put on. I retweet. But do you have a favorite player? Are you in the know like that with the team yet?
1: No, I'm not. This is a young team, too, so that makes it hard. I mean, obviously, when Manoa was here, it was easy to be a big fan of his. Uh, Paul McIntosh has got the power, and Tyler Dones is infectious with his smile. But as far as like, having a favorite player, I don't really have one.
2: Here's the thing. Look, I'm giving a shout-out. That's right. Night Stare. Jake Lance, that's our boy. Man, we love Jake Lance. He was dropping a little knowledge uh, on West Virginia baseball, and they spoke about he, he spoke about this guy named Odenkirk. Odekirk, a big 6'9 looking Randy Johnson looking man throwing in the high 90s, 96, 97, maybe mid-90s, 96, 97 miles per hour. I'm telling you, 6'9 at pitcher? I haven't seen this dude play. I know he's been on the squad for two years. He was red-shirted, but I'm pumped to see our Randy Johnson go to work. And his last name? Odekirk? I feel like he's an Asgardian. I feel like he could be <laughs> Loki in disguise. I know you may not know who Loki is, but I feel I like he may be Loki in disguise. Like this big, uh, uh not strong, He kind of he kind of uh, slender at 6'9". He, I think he's only like 225 to 250 pounds, or maybe maybe less than that. I know they had him at 202 at one point. But this big 6'9 guy, look, I'm stealing the name right now, and I'm calling him the Slim Reaper. Let's go, Old Kirk. I'm I'm pumped.
1: I'm gonna you watch love him. Giving people nicknames before they earn them. Love it. You love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Sometimes it happens. Okay. You ain't seen a man pitch yet. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: I already know he's a Kevin Durant style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got. He got. He has Kevin Durant's. Uh, actually, I would love to see how much Kevin Durant weighs right now because I've never seen him so thin.
1: Yeah, he does look real thin. My thing with Old Kirk is. Be all right if you call him Slim, okay? Call him Slim if you want to call him no, Slim. No,
2: no, that's Chris Henry forever. Yeah. Slim Reaper because he's going to be a monster. Or it's going to be Slim Reaper since we never hear from him again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this this team brings. You can tell yeah, there's I'm a lot of excitement. To old yeah. Look, Asgardian, do your thing. Maybe maybe that's his nickname, the Asgardian. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, uh, WVU baseball kicks off, and man is very—I mean, I love—I love that uh, Coach Mazie is making this just a big part of being a Mountaineer fan, being a fan of baseball. Because the truth is, like for a lot of years of me growing up, being a fan, <clears throat> they gave me no reason to care. And now, every year they're making it a the tournament, they're putting West Virginia on the map. Coach Maisie, keep doing your thing with your squad and your boys. We love it. All right. I don't know. It's a little sensitive, man. The last point I know you want to talk about. Or I wanted to talk about. You still there? Yeah. All right. I'll let you I'll, I'll let you uh you you want me to do it? You mean to intro it?
1: Yeah, it's your thing.
2: All right, so I'm gonna say this. I don't care. I'm just going for it. Look, I don't care. I'm tired of seeing there's so many people over the years after every loss, they come and they say, you think you feel bad? Imagine how the players feel. You think you care? The players and the coaches care more than you do. Brandon, I, I, for a long time, I just took it. And because it was given to me like factual things, I kind of just, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I'm thinking about it now. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Players don't care more than me. you hear what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. They, I'm just listening. They, so, So they may care more than me. But don't tell me that they care about West Virginia more than me. I grew up in West Virginia. I've been here for every single loss. I've been here to have my soul crushed by losses. I've argued with fans from across the country for 20-plus years. These players who lose, they may feel bad about themselves, a bad because they didn't get it accomplished. Don't tell me they care about more, more about the state of West Virginia than I do because it's not true. Oh, it is true? A few years ago, Teddy Allen not making buckets and losing out the game, Utah came to me and said, players care more. No, he doesn't. The players couldn't care more than I do because Teddy Allen is now at a, like his fourth school not looking back at West Virginia. A few games earlier this year when we lost, Utah said, well, as much as you care, the players care more. You mean to tell me Oscar Sheboy cares more about West Virginia than I do? He's in Kentucky now. Now maybe that night he felt bad. About himself? About not winning? About his future prospects? But don't tell me he cared more about West Virginia than me because he didn't. And the proof is in the pudding. The fact that he is now in Kentucky is not going to think twice about West Virginia. Now, if you tell me Bobby Huggins does, okay, because he bleeds West Virginia. If you're going to tell me the Stills boys do because they grew up in West Virginia and they've had to hold this for so long, they're fall- okay. But for the for the, the majority, they do not care more about West Virginia in the program than I do. And if you don't believe me, go check the tra- the transfer portal. You say this after games. And I believe coaches care about their kids. I think they care about the program, their they care about all this stuff. But most coaches, Tony Gibson, to be a, a, a perfect example. We love the man from Van. We love for Gibby, but right now he's in North Carolina State. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to be here. I'm just saying, to care about the West Virginia program, and you're sitting here telling me these people who lose games, they care more. Sorry, I, I care more about the program. No, they don't.
1: I'm so, I I I I highly, not all of them do. Not all of them do. Do you know where I say there's evidence for what you're saying? Where? Watch the players' Instagram after a game. They lose a game, they post the happy moments. They post themselves. They post their highlights. And I'm saying they can do that if they want to. But me personally, after a game we lost, I don't want to see it. I'm sick about it. The last thing I want to do is go back and look at any highlights. So... That's this is one of the one- greatest myths
2: Myths that's been perpetuated through every program. So people who want to be, oh, um, everything is perfect. Um, uh, our, our kid is in gymnastics and yay, nice try. Yes, they perpetuate this nonsense that we buy into. No, these people don't care more about the program than I do. Sorry. Maybe there's some. Coach Huggins, like I said – the Stills brothers, yes, who grew up in West Virginia, but I say the majority don't. I've been through there through the battles, and I'll be there through the battles, and the heartaches, and the scars. Not like, sorry to use you, Teddy Allen, but Teddy Allen. Issa mod People who have, Beatle, bold, people who chose to move on.
1: Yeah, I don't think Beatle really had a choice, but um, I get what you're saying. And I get what, uh, I get what pe- fans are saying when they throw that out there and say the players care more. They're talking about the blood, sweat, and tears they put into it. But I think now it's less about school pride for a lot of kids and more about what it can do for them, advancing their careers, advancing their profile. Um, I'm not saying all the kids are that way, and I'm not begrudging them because that's the world we live in. We live in a capitalist society which teaches you to go out and get yours, and people who don't like that should say they don't like capitalism, personally. That's how I feel about it. Um, You can't be for both. You can't be for capitalism and against these kids doing what's best for them. That said, when they're doing what's best for them, it means they don't care about it like we do because you and I aren't going anywhere. And these kids play four years and then they're done and they're gone. We don't go anywhere. We live and die with every one of these games in and out, nonstop. Um, so I get what you're saying. I I do think there's some fans who, care, who don't care as much. And I don't think it's healthy to care as much, (laughs) personally. But um, I think you're right. There are plenty of fans who care more than than some of the players.
2: That's that's my two cents. But that's what it is. On to the next segment. Mountaineer State of Mind. All the greats, all the players Who wore specific jerseys Back for another week I am Jeremy Phoenix, I'm here with my brother
1: Brandon Phoenix A.K.A. I also
2: hate fit So as we go Man, this has been a fun, fun segment We talk about jersey numbers And we talk everybody from basketball And football who's ever wore them That we can remember off the top of the dome The problem is Sometimes we miss people And that's where you Now in nation can correct, can correct us Can tell us where we missed Who we missed Numbers Because honestly I mean I know it's kind of hard to think But we ain't perfect It's great when you get at us It's great when you let us know where we missed Last week we did numbers 4, 5, and 6 We missed a couple Justin Stevens Busted us out Showed us love Justin Stevens Twitter talked about Meg and Mark Bulger at number four. I don't know how in the world we missed Bulger, him at number four. Brandon. I
1: told him Bolger also wore number 10. I remember Mark Bolger as a 10. The first jersey you had was 10. So, Me too. So it's easy to miss that one, in my opinion. Justin Stevens
2: also talked about Air Bear at number five. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I
1: forgot about Johannes.
2: Uh Danger Atkins. On Twitter, he used the first name uh, Danger. Brought up Adrian Pledger at number five. Nice. Uh, also, because of the transfer portal, I recognize ourselves that we missed number five, Sean Miller, which I feel like ultimately led him to transfer away from West Virginia.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he was broken, man. We broke him. But can
2: I say this one thing before we get on to the new numbers? As we're recapping all numbers that we missed. Brandon, we missed on uh, – see, we didn't miss anybody on number six. Nobody brought up anybody we missed on number six. But looking back on number two, do you know who we missed? A safety from West Virginia. An XFL player.
1: Safety and XFL player? I was going to say Jerry Porter. XFL. I know. That's why I said I was going to say Jerry Porter.
2: Yes, Kenny Robinson at number two.
1: Oh, nice.
2: We 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 missed that somehow. I saw that this week, and I'm like, oh yeah, we forgot Kenny Robinson.
1: Yeah, I always think of him as five because his his name on Instagram is K Rob Five, I think, or something like that. Yeah. But now on to the next numbers.
2: So, Mountaineer Nation, make sure you pay attention. Make sure you let us know where we miss, where we're wrong. Get at us. Number seven, Brandon. I'll give you dibs. Brandon Miles. Oh, I didn't know if you're going to get that one. I had Brandon Miles wrote down, too. It's great that you started with that because everybody's going to think about who? Angel Estrada. Oh, snap. He going outside the box. Watch out, people. Watch out. He coming to play competition. He coming for the game. No he, He also say he ain't even mentioned the easy ones. All right, that's right. Get
1: Divine Speed up in there. All right, go ahead. Keep going, baby. Keep going. You want to roll? No, nah, those are the ones I got. And those are off the top of the head. I didn't do any research. All right, no more? Nope.
2: There you go. Brandon Miles, Noah Divine, Angel Estrada. You ready for mine?
1: Ready. Daryl Worley. Nice. That's a nice one.
2: The lean back. The lean back. Every time I hit you with a nice one, I just feel like leaning back or something.
1: Will Greer. <laughs> How'd I forget Will Greer?
2: That's right. Brandon Ferns.
0: Boy, nice. Nasty
2: over here. Boys, nasty over here. <laughs> That's all I had. I had them six Brandon yes. Miles, Noel Devon, Angel Strata, Will Greer, Darrell Worley, Brandon Ferns. Yeah, I couldn't think like of you. anybody in basketball. Me actually, either. I don't I think
1: tried I, to, and I couldn't think of anybody.
2: I actually don't think I thought. Uh, for the whole the whole thing, I mean, for the seven, eight, and nines that we're doing today, yeah, I don't know if I came up with one basketball player. I didn't, but uh, that's it for number seven. Let us know where we missed. Number eight, Brand. I'm gonna let you get yours out. Go ahead, Carl Joseph. Boom, Carl Joseph. Is that, is that it? Is you want me go? No, that's it for me. Chad Johnston. Oh, nice. That's your boy, Chad Johnson. You might get a picture. Chad Johnson's my fault. Before the VT game outside of DC's uh, uh, Washington Stadium, man. Do you look these up? No, I didn't, Brandon. I swear. I'll look them up after. Like if I if I decided that there's a person that I think is this number, I'll look it up. And if it's wrong, I'll bring it to you. But Chad Johnson, um, I'm pretty sure was eight. I, I, I didn't look that up too. but I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure. No, he's eight. You know who else I know? No. And by the way, I have hours to think about this uh, when I'm at work sometimes. Corey Ivy. Nice
1: pick. Turner's going to love a, that. I look kicking
2: the door, waving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> C2 Money's going to like that. Yeah. Corey Ivy. And the last one I have is uh, Vendarius. BC. Vendarius Cohen, number eight, man. So that's who we have. Chad Johnson, Corey Ivey, Carl Joseph, and Vandarius Cohen at number eight.
1: Now, number All nine, right. My favorite number nine. Number. Go ahead, bro. Get, get it out. Homage first to Major Harris. Retire mm-hmm. nine. Shout to Major Harris. Number nine but also Major. for Pac-Man Jones. Adam Pac-Man Jones. He in the news for some stuff, and we're going to put him in the news for some other stuff today. Number nine wearing Pac-Man Jones. Right, shout, shout to Jock Sanders. Also another number nine. Shout out to
2: Clint yeah. Trickett. We're number nine. Clint Trickett. Brandon going deep. He hitting the ball. He knocking them out. This is Royal Rumble. He's just knocking them all out when it's stepping stepping the ring. Go, baby. Go. KJ Dillon, number nine. Oh, man. Oh, man. For the first time ever, you got one. I didn't have wrote down.
1: KJ Going Dillon. through with the KJ Dillon. Oh my goodness. Part of it, I think, is because I always recognize or I think about people who uh wear the number nine and whether or not they should be allowed. Yeah, man. You're killing it.
2: KJ Dillon? That's it. I'm I'm all out. I I gotta write that down, KJ Dillon. All right. So you went Clint Trickett. Pac-Man, Major, Jock Sanders. Well, let me give you another one. Jeffrey Pooler. Oh, duh. (laughs) Now he rocked it, baby. Giovanni Stewart. Yep, nice. That's right, that's right. And the last one, this dude had two numbers, but I could have sworn somebody can look it up. I know the pictures because I checked it, have him as another number, but I could have sworn Alvin Swoop, you wore number nine.
1: He did. He also wore 22, I think.
2: 24. The, the pictures are of him on 24. I could have swore he wore number nine. I haven't seen any pictures or anything to verify that. But Alvin swoop. There it is. Back in the uh, uh, Amos Airway days, I could have swore he wore number nine.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he did too. But that's beautiful,
2: man. We got Giovanni Stewart. Jock Sanders uh, aka Young Jock, Major Harris, Jeffrey Pooler, Pac-Man Jones, Alvin Swoops, Swoop, uh Clint Trickett and KJ Dillon all at number 9. No basketball players this week. Let us know,
1: did we We're miss number a number basketball seven? player? I know it.
2: Wait a minute, what number was uh No, Brandon. What number was uh 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 he went in the top 10 in the draft. Um, How am I?
1: Um, Joe Alexander.
2: What number was he? Was he number five?
1: Did we uh, miss him at number five? No, he wasn't. Was he number five? I think he was.
2: Wait no, a minute. We got
1: number I, eleven. I think.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right. You know what? Now that you say it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, we didn't miss him. Okay, so seven, eight, and nine. I feel like we're missing a basketball player. I don't know who. But let us know. Let us know who we missed on. Get at us, Mountaineer Nation. This is from the top of the dome. I Wrap me, boys! Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got, lady. Show me what you got, shorty. Show me what you got, baby. Picking something away. something away. away. Show me what you got, little mama. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. It's your boy JN Phoenix. Look, the thing I got, i want to talk about this week—is Dame Dollar Man, Dame Lillard. Nobody talks about it. Everybody wants to talk about Luka Doncic. Everybody wants to talk about uh, uh, LeBron James. LeBron James. They want to about, talk about Giannis, KD. Uh, everybody, you know, just in the NBA, other than him, this dude is doing his thing. He keeps hitting game winners. Look, Stephen A. came on today on ESPN Radio and said. He apologized for everybody covering sports that they don't give this man enough love and it's over and it's done and he will continue to push that for the rest of the year because Dame Dala is for real. What I got to say is, hey, Dame, you decided to sign a long-term contract with the Blazers. That's why you get what you get. Yeah, he's bowling. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the NBA. You're in Portland on a subpar team, average team. Hit game winners if you want to. Not hating against you, but you chose money over people talking about you. You chose money over championships. That's fine. That's you. Do what you do. But don't get mad at me when I don't care. My two sets. Peace.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family.